comfortable and would be uh, a detriment to their family because the houses that they lived in were going to be heaped into a pile of stones. These were dire situations. This had happened after Daniel interpreted the dream. These are the events. Daniel received the, the dream itself from God, revealed overnight, and had held in his hand, in obtaining the delay at interpreting the dream, had held in his hand the, the uh, welfare of the astrologers who had failed and said they could not succeed, it was not possible, despite the threat. When Daniel uh, told the, the king what his dream was and revealed what that meant, and it was Daniel's, uh, was, was unfolding King Nebuchadnezzar's future here, King Nebuchadnezzar began to take some drastic measures. This didn't happen overnight, like a, maybe a cheese hunt. It was something that took a while because uh, out of this, Nebuchadnezzar decided to build a tall image, golden image. And that golden image was going to be 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. Now, if that was solid gold, that was going to be pretty heavy. Do you know how heavy lead is? 11 times water. Gold is more than twice that, 24 times water. Gold is a heavy metal. <clears throat> it was going to be one of those things. King Nebuchadnezzar could not have built that, but he had people who could, and he set them to work, and here's this 90-foot-tall image, and King Nebuchadnezzar is demanding that the people bow down and worship. Daniel had been appointed ruler of Babylon, the ruler of Babylon with at his request, three of the Israelite children. You know their names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they had said they, they couldn't bow down to this image. And Nebuchadnezzar was not just ticked. He was mad. He was not just mad. He was irate. He was angry. And the furnace was heated hotter than ever before. Seven times hotter than ever before. And that's where we come in here and interrupt this narrative and pick it up right there. If you will, stand in awe with me as we read this account. Daniel 3, starting with verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. 
But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. Amen. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Medrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair of their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Amen. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who had been administrative supervisors under Daniel, to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. The word of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the New Living Translation of Daniel 3. Well, I think we've uh, just heard the whole sermon all wrapped up already, so thank you, Gail. I told him this morning when he said he was going to do that, I said, well, that way I, uh, I can leave out a lot of my part, so you know, maybe we can get out of here by 2 or 3 this afternoon. <clears throat> As most of you know, I like to have illustrations. So before Pastor Sid left, I asked him, can you, tell me, can you let me know if the sprinkler systems work? And where the smoke detectors are, and where the uh, where the fire extinguishers are, because fire bonfire, we need to be able to illustrate a bonfire, correct? So ushers, if you want to bring up the wood, we can. St- no, just kidding, just kidding. Did I scare anybody about that? No. Okay. Wesley asked me this morning what this is for, and if you, you everybody knows this, but if you light this. Maybe I light it. Wow. See that light? It doesn't like to stay up, does it? Anybody ever build a bonfire? Yeah. That's it? Just one person has built a bonfire? Nobody's ever gone out camping and built a bonfire to, to stay warm or cook their food off of there? Well, okay, now, yeah. This is an interaction-type sermon today. Well, you, you build a bonfire, you get all the wood, 
and you build it. And I heard a I heard a saying years ago when I would be camping, backpacking, or camping, I would hear the hear them say that that uh, uh, white man build big fire and stand way back, and Indian build small fire and sit up close. So whether you build a big fire or a or a small fire, it gives you warmth, right? And just like I was looking at here. If you turn this fire on, which it may not want to do now, I think it's out of butane. But, turn it the other way. It's, it's done. It's done for. But if you look at a fire, if you sit beside a campfire, you look at the fire, you know, you can almost be, uh, just kind of get in a daze, can't you, as you watch the fire burn and it's kind of peaceful and it's actually warm it keeps you warm do you know how hot a bonfire would get it would get really extremely hot so when we talk about this furnace we're going to talk a little bit later about how how hot would a bonfire or a furnace or whatever be the summary though of this of this uh, scripture today is that as believers we must learn to rejoice even while going through trials. If you look at the definition of fire, it could be, it could be for um, uh, in the scripture, it could be a fire like like somebody's preaching fire and brimstone. You've heard that term, maybe. If you're as old as I am, you've heard of fire and brimstone. And there is scripture that, that deals with that. But fire can mean different things. Today, we're going to be using it as as our trials and temptations that we go through. Because at times, when we go through a trial or a temptation, it seems like we're in a fire, doesn't it? Amen? In, uh, pull up the next picture there. Uh, the, you should have been there already. Come on, go to the next one. I looked up some Bible, uh, some kids' Bibles uh, stories. And you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that story's in there. The, the Daniel and the lion's den and Noah and, and a lot of those. So actually, I looked up online, in the internet, nice thing to do. I looked up on the internet uh, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because sometimes we look at our Bible and we go, what are they trying to tell us? And so they make it look a little easier. By the way, how many have your Bibles today? Okay, I just want to make sure because if I say something that's wrong... I want you to correct me, amen? So you've got to have your Bible to do that. But in the, in the church manual it says our Bible is our Holy Scriptures. We believe in the plenary inspiration of the Holy Scriptures by which we understand the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments given by divine inspiration and inherently revealing the will of God concerning us and all things necessary for our salvation. It's not just a fictional book that, that you read. It's not something that the, you start in school and they say, one of the books we're going to read is this fictional book called the Bible. It's real, amen? It's real. So all the stories in it are real. There was a fiery furnace. There was a Nebuchadnezzar. If you look back in history, you'll find... Stories of Nebuchadnezzar and the, and the fiery furnaces that he did have. 
Let me step you back. I know Gail's done a great job of this, but in, step, in chapter 1, King Nebuchadnezzar has got all these uh, people that he's brought over from Jerusalem. He's captured all these people, and he decides one day he's going to, um, he's, he's going to make some of these really intelligent, handsome, wise people that came over. He's going to put them in to be servants in the palace. You wouldn't want some dummy in the palace, right? You wouldn't want some ugly guy in the palace to, you know, you want, you want uh, something really nice in the palace. So he brought those over. He brought these, these people over and it seemed like Daniel and, and uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were very, very wise. So chapter 1 talks about everything that he's done there and he makes them, uh, he gives them new names and he makes them uh, keeps them in as servants in his palace. In chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar, as Gail mentioned, uh, had this dream and he, didn't, he wanted to have all that. So after Daniel had told him what his dream was and what it meant, I can just imagine this guy. Now, I've, I've been around the workforce before I was retired. Been around the workforce and I know that a lot of guys become managers, supervisors, managers. They go to school and they get that position and they go, look at me. I did this all on my own. I'm a boss over all you guys. That makes me important. So everything I say, you do without asking. Kind of reminds me of the army too. But we do everything that you say. So they put themselves on a pedestal. They want to be, maybe your manager, maybe your supervisor, maybe somebody you work with wants to be a god. You look up to them. Well, Nebuchadnezzar had an ego problem too. So when, when Daniel told him about this dream that he was going to be the head, gold head, he was actually telling him about the future, what was going to happen. That it would be Nebuchadnezzar and after... He's done. There'll be another ruler come in. And there'll be another ruler and another generation and other ones. That's what the whole statue meant. But Nebuchadnezzar, having an ego, he says, that means I'm going to be the head and I'm going to be gold. And so he says, you all are going to worship me. We're going to worship me. Well, then in chapter 3, we, we see that that uh, he told everybody, all his big shots, all the people that are in charge of, of different areas in, in Babylon, he says, I want you guys all to come over. We're going to dedicate this, this big old statue of me. And when, the, when all the music is played, I want you to bow down and worship me. Because look at me. It's even been in a dream that I am the top. I'm the head, made of gold. Look at me. Worship me. So he calls all these guys and he says, all right, bow down. Play the music. If you read in the scripture, it tells all the different things. It almost sounds like an orchestra. And as soon as it's done, everybody bows down. Except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they served the Almighty God and no matter what happens... They were going to serve him, amen. No matter what happens, they're not going to they're not going to bow down to him. 
And I like, I like what he said. I like what they started to say about that no matter what you do to me, God's either going to get me out of it or He's going to save me from this. He's going to save me or it's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to serve my Lord and Savior. Because you know, you remember back in Exodus, we heard the Ten Commandments. Remember the one commandment that says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any graven image, any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. They served the Almighty God. Amen. Amen. They don't. So don't worship any other God. Don't worship any other God. Because that's what the Ten Commandments say. Don't worship. So here's what I like. Here's, they, uh, they not only bow, did not bow down, but when he said, you know, you guys have been, I've made you administers, uh, administrators over some of our land. And he says, you know, you're kind of special. You're smart. You have wisdom. Good-looking guys. I've put you in my palace. Okay? These are good guys. So he says, All right, so I, I know that you didn't bow down, but let me give you another chance. You, you, you know what I said, that when the music plays, you bow down and worship the idol. And they said, He says, I'll give you one more chance. How many times does, does the devil come to you and say, why don't you do this? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm serving my Lord. But look at it. Look how, look how nice this sin looks. He doesn't make any sin look bad, does he? So he'll give you another chance. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did. He gave them one more chance. They said, you don't need to play the, the music again. You don't need to do any of that because we're not doing it. We're not bowing down to worship that. We serve an almighty God and we don't care. We don't care what happens. So they so what I'm saying is don't be afraid of the fire. They knew that they were going to be thrown into the fire because that's what he said. You're going to be thrown into the fire if you do not bow down and worship. If you don't bow down and worship, we're going to throw you in the fire. They knew that. But they said they said, uh, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, or He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. They called Him majesty out of respect for Him because he was, he was the king. But even if He does not, we want, to, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. Do you do that? Do you not worship the things around you? Unfortunately, I think in this day and age, we have so many things out there that get our attention, that draw us in. Maybe they're good, maybe they're bad. But if you make them into an idol or an image, and you worship that, you should not have any other gods before you. 
So the king was furious. What were those words you used? A lot of, he wasn't just mad, he was really ticked off. He was mad. Because they just told him, you don't need to give us another chance. We're not going to do it. We don't care if we die or not. So he was mad. Seven times hotter. What does that mean? You know, I looked up, and I love the internet, uh, again. And I looked all over, and I could, not, I could not find anything that said exactly what the temperature may have been, or what it was seven times hotter. Couldn't find that out. But let me give you some, some stats on this. Wood... When you make a build a campfire, wood burns at about 1,100 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot. Because when you burn wood, it kind of explodes and the gases come out and it just, just makes the, the, the fire hotter. Glass melts at about 2,600 to 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit. So when we've had these, these forest fires, we've got one, I don't know if they've got it out yet, but just south of Denver, up in the hills there. But if, if a house burns down and they go back into the ruins, you probably will not find a glass because it's melted. So you know it's going to be 2,600 degrees or better. That's pretty hot, right? One can feel... You can actually feel the heat on the skin at 111 degrees. Now, this morning I was watching the news and they said, it's going to be hot today. And everybody tells Linda and I when we're going to go down to Arizona, boy, it's hot down there. It gets up to 110, 115 degrees. And that's hot. 111 degrees, you can feel it on your skin. And you will receive first-degree first burns at 118 degrees. Kind of getting a reference here. Second-degree is about 131. At 140 degrees, the pain receptors in your body go numb, and they just get overloaded. They can't take it. So third-degree burns is, is somewhere, somewhere over 140 degrees. And your, t- your, your, your uh, tissue will be destroyed at about 160. That's pretty hot there. 160. But imagine 2,600 for glass. When you're cremated, they've turned that up to 1,400 to 1,600 degrees. So if you read the Scripture and the soldiers that threw them in were killed instantly, you can kind of get an idea that is probably at least over a thousand, if not closer to 1400 degrees. That's pretty hot because they were killed instantly. That's, that is, that's, that's a lot. So like I told you, there's, there's a lot of references in the Bible on fire, but the one we're going to be talking about is the fire that purifies and the fire that refines Bible speaks a lot about gold and silver being refined. And it says in Genesis 19:24, "Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens, fire and brimstone. 
And in Isaiah 48 it says, Behold, I have refined you, not as silver, I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. We go through fire by trials and temptation, and some are a little hotter than others, amen? Some of our, uh, some of our trials that we go through every day are, are a lot hotter than others. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Sid talked about, from James 1, about our trials and temptations. Remember that? The, the title of it was uh, Passing the Test. Remember that? Shake your head, yes. Yeah. And there, so there's, there's times in which we find ourselves in very heated, uh, he, heated things going on. If you have a cold or you're, you're sick, you know, yeah, that's a trial that you're trying to get things done. Last weekend I was, um, I was in Nebraska and we were at a church on Sunday night. And after the service, the pastor told, uh, told Ed and I, he says, you know, I'm, I've been kind of sick. I've had vertigo all summer and it usually lasts about a month or so. And he said, I can't, I can't come in and work. I can't preach because I'm, I'm sick. I end up in the hospital because I can't take pills. They have to, you know, uh, do things. And he said, I'm just, I'm miserable. So they're going to send me up to the Mayo Clinic up in Rochester in a couple weeks to find out what's wrong and, and can they help me. I think the fire or his, his, tempta- or his trials right now is pretty high because he can't preach. He can't do things. So we prayed with him. And right after we prayed with him, I went down and there was a couple that was there talking to the pastor's wife. And I overheard her say that she had just had a biopsy and, and, uh, for cancer. Here's a couple that's serving God, and yet they're still going through trials in their life. And she had to admit to me, she says, you know, I'm going through this trial, I'm going through this, this uh, possible cancer. And she says, sometimes it is hard for me to, to just say, God, I trust you that I'm going to get through it. I'm going to trust you. Can you imagine what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thinking? Oh, maybe, maybe God's going to deliver me before I even get in there. But no, they tied them up and threw them in. Right, They were in there right away. Can you imagine what was going through their minds? You know, I'm going to die, but I'm going to die a heated death. Or God's going to deliver me. Do you ever have that problem where you go, I don't know if I'm getting out of this or not. I don't know if, if the doctors are going to cure my cancer. I don't know if they're going to cure my blindness. I don't know if, they're going to, if, if I'm going to be able to get through this uh, marriage situation or financial thing. I don't know if I'm going to get through it. But God's with you. God will be with you in those times. Pastor said there's different types of trials. He said some come from God. Some come from Satan. We thought when he when he was preaching on that, I thought I thought most of the most of the trials I go through come from Satan. Well, that's not necessarily true. Sometimes God allows those to, to come into your life to to strengthen you and to give you more faith. Some come from God. Some come from Satan. Some by our own doings. And some is just the world we live in. Four ways, four patterns of trials.
There's different times in which we just need to trust, just to trust God. I think the, uh, I think the cliche comes up that says, if God brings us to a trial, He can get you through the trial. Amen? If He brings you to it, He can get you through it. Psalms 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley. Remember that, that God's going to get you through the valley. I heard of a, uh, uh, recently while I was in Nebraska, a, uh, a family uh, had, the, the, the lady had, had uh, died. She was, she had left kids and they thought that they were going to get through it that God was just going to heal them. Sometimes God may heal it by taking the person. When my dad was, um, when my dad had cancer, uh, he was taking all the treatment and, and it just wasn't working and he got worse and worse. And he kept, he kept his attitude up by saying, I'm going to praise the Lord anyway, no matter if I'm in this or not. And he'd share with uh, nurses and doctors and actually, when, uh, when it came time for the funeral, there was a doctors and nurses that came to the funeral. But I kept thinking, you know, I kept praying, God, through this, my dad and I weren't, didn't get along well when I was a young'un. I guess I was hard to get along with as a kid. I don't know. And yet, as, 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 uh, when my dad accepted Christ into his life, just a few years before he passed away, he and I were getting along a whole lot better. And so when he got cancer and was going, I said, why now? Why now? We're getting along good. Why would you take him now? And yet it's always in God's timing. And God was with him through that. Through that fire, the the fourth person was in there. God was in with him. And brought him through. In Hebrews, it talks a lot about faith. Faith. It says, by faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. Remember all the faiths? If you, if you don't remember that, Hebrews 11. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. Moses. By faith, who God closed the mouths of the lions. Talking about Daniel. And quenched the fire, the fury of the flames. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By faith, you. By faith, me. God gets us through these trials and, and builds up our faith. Amen? So sometimes He allows these to happen so that it will build our faith. If you, uh, if you look at uh, in, in uh, Psalms 37, that's the uh, chapter that uh, I've read so many times because it's, it's the uh, cycle of victorious living is out of, out of Psalms 37. And even though you're going through fear, you come back in, and you can live a victorious life. It's hard, 
when it talks about joy, considered all joy, it's not necessarily happiness, but it's joy. You can still be joyous. Peter, First uh, Peter one six and seven says, "In all this, you greatly rejoice through now, and for a little while, while you have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of the faith and greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed." I'm glad that I, as I go through a fire or a trial, I don't smell like the fire. I don't get burned. I don't have the. I don't have much hair left anyway. But I don't. My hair doesn't get singed. There's no. If you've been around a campfire, and the smoke comes up, your clothes stink of smoke, right? Can you imagine they came out of there, and did not have any smell of smoke on them? Wow. I think when I get to heaven, I think I'm going to ask the question, how did did you do that, Lord? How did you keep them from that smell of the smoke even? Wow. So how long am I going to have to stay in this fiery furnace? How long am I going to have to stay here? How long am I going to go through this trial? How long, Lord? Sometimes it seems forever, doesn't it? When we're going through something, it seems like we're going to... We're there forever. Yea, though I walk through. Boy, that through is not here. It's, it's really wide. That valley is so wide. But you know, you can't give up. You can't give up while going through a trial, a valley. Don't give up. Because God's not going to give up on you. But He may end up needing to leave you there a little bit longer for some reason. We go through a trial for a reason. It's not just a... You know, I love, the, I love the verse that says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Jeremiah 29.11, my favorite verse. My favorite verse. There's a song that says... Uh, there's a song that's entitled, I'm not giving up, I'm not turning around. By the grace of God, I'll wear a, I'll wear a crown, a shining crown someday. And the verse, first verse says, "I've been walking through a valley, through a veil of tears. At times, I've even questioned, even if my Lord was near." Have you ever been there through there? Many times, that old tempter says, "Why not turn around? You can't get any farther because you're just losing ground. I'm not giving up." Go through the valleys and the fires and the temptations because in Timothy it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. When you're going through a trial, you can still witness to those around you. How you react, remember you've heard me say, People don't care how you act. It's how you react. Even in the trial, when you're going through whatever's going on in your life, they're going to look at you and see how you react. Who are you trusting in? Who do you trust to get you through this? 
I like that uh, it says that the uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he looked in and he says, didn't we only put, did we put three people in there? Well, now there's four and they're walking around. They're praising God. Wow. Four people in there walking around. They weren't just sitting down and, oh, it's hot in here. They're walking around praising God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're taking us through. And they had no idea how long they were going to have to be in there. But they're walking around praising God. In your trials, keep praising the Lord. Keep coming to church. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep tithing. Sometimes that's a little hard to do when we're going through a trial of financial issues, right? Keep doing what you're doing, even though you're going through it, because it's going to give glory and honor to the Lord. Praise Him anyway. Praise Him anyway. And that's what they were doing. And I like that King Nebuchadnezzar saw them. People around you are going to see you, how you're going through a trial, and who you're trusting, and they're going to say, I want that. i I got to talk to that guy. I, I, know, I know if he's going through that, and I'm going through the same thing, we go through trials to build our faith, so that we can talk to somebody else that's going through the same, the exact same thing. How many have lost a parent? How many have lost a, 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 a child to death? How many have gone through financial ruin? How many have gone through cancer? How many have gone through, and as you've gone through that, you can talk to your next door neighbor and say, I've been there. This is how I got through. This is exactly how I got through that trial. I trusted in God. Actually, you may be able to give them scriptures. This is the scripture that got me through. I know the plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's a good one. You know that one now? God will get you through a trial because there's somebody that needs a touch from you. When my dad, when my dad passed away, we had... We had people come by and say, oh, we're so sorry about what happened. We actually know what you're going through. Be careful, folks, to not share something that is not true. I know what you're going through. You lost your dad, and their dad was still living. You don't know what I'm going through. But if you have gone through that, share what Christ has done for you and how He got you through the fire. Because God is with us as we go through the fire. The fourth person in the fire. Who's in the fire with you? Who are you trusting in? Keep your eyes open and your heart alert for any opportunities to minister while you're going through or afterwards. We, uh, last Sunday morning we were in a, in a church in, uh, anybody ever heard of Wilbur, 
Nebraska. Really? It's a big metropolis. I think there's... No, there isn't any traffic lights. But we were in church service that Sunday morning, and I was up there, and we'd sang, and I was sharing. And I said, you know, when you go out of those doors, you need to minister to people and tell what God has done for you and how He's got you through. you got to share when you go out the door. Watch for any opportunity to, to minister in God's name. Watch for that opportunity. Watch out, folks, when you, when you say that, because God's listening. And He was. And he, we went to eat lunch, and we were just getting ready to, to head out the door. And we ran across, this, this lady was just uh, coming in. And she says, I was looking at your signs on your, on your car. What does that mean? And we told her we're a gospel group and we travel around and, and, and all that. And I said, do you live around here? And she says, no. She says, I'm having a really rough day. I'm having a real rough one. She says, I live an hour and a half away and I just had to get away. I had to get away. And so that's why I'm here. I said, ma'am, can, can we pray for you? No. Okay. It's okay. She didn't know that I'd pray for her anyway, but... <clears throat> but she said, but you can pray for Gary... Gave me her, her, his last name. But you can pray for Gary. It's okay. I will do that. So we got in the car and prayed for Gary and prayed for her too. She didn't know that, but she got a double, double dose. Look for every opportunity. Because if you say, minister when you go out that door, wait, because he'll, he'll put you to the test. He will. Look for every opportunity to share Christ. And share what God's got you through. The fire isn't meant to harm you. It's to... It's to uh, purge and cleanse you. It's to get all that ugly dross out. Anybody ever worked around where you, where you heated something up and there was dross floating to the top when it was all heated up? No? I, I did. I worked in a company that, that, uh, that built boards, printed wiring boards, and we ran it across a flow solder machine, and we got that, that solder really, really hot, and the dross rose to the top, that ugly-looking stuff. And before we ran the boards across, we had to skim off all that dross off the top so it would be clean, clean copper and, and gold that goes across the boards. So you see the dross. The fire of the trials you go through is to clean off that dross. You don't want that ugly stuff in your life. You don't want that ugly stuff on you. It's to clean, clean off the dross. Behold, I have refined you, but not like silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. In James 1 it says, and, and we read that a couple weeks ago, Count it joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect 
and complete, lacking for nothing. Wow. Praise the Lord for that. It says Isaiah says, when you go through deep waters, it says, it, God says, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The fires will not consume you. In the New Testament, it talks about Peter, one of the disciples, starting to walk on water over to see where Jesus was. And as long as he kept his eye on Jesus, he didn't sink. Do you remember the story? As soon as he looked down and saw the, the troubled waters, he started to sink. Keep your eyes on Jesus, especially through your trials. Especially through the trials. Keep your eye on, the, on Jesus. He will hold on to you. He will keep you. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Through the valley. I use that a lot, by the way. And uh, when the three Hebrew boys, they went, they, God will deliver the three Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace. And He delivered them in the fiery furnace. And God will deliver you in your trials. And then I like what happened at the very end when uh, King Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he saw four of them. He says, he says, Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of here. And they praised the Lord. They praised the Lord. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. He says, he, he says uh, well, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Are you willing... Are you willing to, to defy what is not right and serve the Lord today? Back and, and most of you know, you, I've shared this uh, story before, because most of you know me from way back. And back years ago, I was without a job for three and a half years. And it was very tough. That You talk about a trial. That was the one where it was up maybe a level five above where it was it should have been maybe not seven but it was five <clears throat> and no job what am I going to do God kept us through if you it, it, wouldn't it be nice if we could just be way out here and look back on what God's got us through wouldn't that be nice if we could just kind of know that and not have to worry about it the day that I went I had no no interviews, and the day that I was that uh, one in my devotions, I read in in my devotions in Deuteronomy one, and it said, "I'm going to provide for you. Go in and now take the land I'm providing for you." And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, God said, "There is a job waiting for you, not next week, not next year, but now." But, it, you know, for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, sometimes it takes a two before to hit me. 
before I know what you're talking about. My devotions for four days were about that. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt God had a job for me. And within three weeks I had a job. I was working in three weeks. In Deuteronomy 3 it talked about now go praise God and let people know what He's got you through. When you go through a trial, when you go through a fire, and God gets you through, praise God and let others around you know what God has done for you and in your life. Give Him the glory. Don't, don't come back and say, oh, look what I've done. You're nothing without the Lord. I'm nothing without the Lord. But share and tell people what God's got you has brought you through. And you know what happens when you do that? God will just keep blessing and blessing and blessing you over and over and over again. Trust in God that He'll get you through everything at all. <laughs> we were talking, uh, Maeve. Maeve was talking this morning about prayer for, for a dog. And our dog a couple weeks ago had a real bad, we thought she was gone. And uh, trying to carry her and she's just flopped on both sides of me. And she's six years old, but boy, she's grabbed a hold of our heart. <laughs> and I'm going, Lord, help me to know what to do and, and, and please help her, save her. Because she's kind of special to us. She gives us. She gives us comfort. So help us, God. Even in times when it's a, a pet, even God is interested in that. Amen? God is interested in every single part of your life. Every part. Not just the, the big stuff. Not just the big stuff, but the little stuff. So trust in God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Die out to sin and trust Him. 2,000 years ago or more, Jesus came to earth. He was born. And He went through the agony and the pain for you and for me. He went through a lot hotter than seven times the furnace. And He did that for you. Remember that. When you're going through a trial... God's there. Jesus understands what you're going through. He understands. But count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials. Don't be happy when you're going through something. I definitely don't feel happy. But count it joy. Because when you get on the other side of that, you're going to go back and say, Praise God, look what He's brought me through. Faith comes in the morning. We sang, one of the songs had that phrase in there, didn't it, Connie? Faith comes in the morning. Who's with you today in your fire? I know each of you, every single one of you, is going through some kind of trial this morning. Every one of you. I, I'm not a mind reader, 
But I can tell that there's something in everybody's life today here that you're struggling with. Who's in the fire with you? Who are you trusting? Who are you giving all the glory and praise? Are you praising God through that trial you're going through today? Praise God anyway. Amen? Stand with me, would you? If there's... And again, I know people are going through stuff, but if you'd like to come up and pray, I'd love to pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for the message of the hour. Thank you, God, that through all the fires we go through in our life, whether they're from you or Satan or even ourselves, God, I know that you're going to get us through that trial. You're going to be with us because you care about us, you love us. And I pray, God, that you just be with each one here. And if there be one, Lord, that uh, needs a little time of prayer, to say, God, help me to get through this. I pray you just have them uh, uh, pray it out right now or come forward or whatever. Because, God, as we go out this door today, we need to minister to that lost and dying world outside. And we need to have everything right with you in order to do that so that you can help us and you can open up our hearts and minds to those around us that we need to come in contact with. Thank you, God, for being here. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you, God. Amen. Go in peace and love and enjoy the day.